Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. People were uh, discussing who was the meanest bully from 1980s movies. And uh, Johnny Lawrence of the Cobra Kai and Karate Kid considered the meanest bully. Uh, I think I mentioned this before. I don't know if you watched any of Cobra Kai on Netflix. No, I didn't. You know how I was mocking the acting in the uh, Borea Salming movie? The Cobra Kai is pretty close to that. Right. Daniel is good at the karate, but not so good at the spoken word. (laughs) This is Ralph Macchio. Oh, it's it's terrible. I just, you know, you can just see something where it just doesn't seem right. Right. Like, I just finished watching uh, Sofia Vergara in uh, Grisalda Blanco. Right. The story of the the godmother of uh, cocaine in, um, in Miami in the 70s and 80s. Some great moments. And some really bad ones. Mm. There's a couple of moments, and it's not necessarily her. Um, it's just got a couple of times it's got like a real soap opera feel to it where the camera will stay on somebody who's got this dramatic look on their face. Gotcha. The music will rise up. And I, I went looking. Like they do fix her up to look, I guess, a bit like uh, Griselda. She's got a bit of a prosthetic nose, and they've done, you know, let her eyebrows grow out. And she's she's still very attractive, but not as Sofia Vergara attractive. Mm. And so I went looking at photos. I wonder what would this real Griselda look like? Now, the only photos I could find of her was she was older in her 60s. Not even close. <laughs> Just. <laughs> she would have been thrilled to have the female oh, car player. Yeah. A shoe. <laughs> played her. Anyhow, she's long dead, so I can say that. Fear of retribution. But it's, uh, it's still pretty good if you're, uh, if you're a fan of those kind of drug war stories. There's a few of them on Netflix. Um, that are always well done. Everything's hmm. got a bit of a Scarface feel to it, too. You know, they all look like Miami 1970s. Right. Neon and the colors. and the. Uh, somebody put together a list on BuzzFeed about uh, bizarre and random celebrity facts. Things like Jack Black's mom helped create the system that saved the Apollo 13 crew. Really? Who knew? I've watched that movie a few times. Benedict Cumberbatch was once kidnapped in South Africa. Did not know that. Robert Pattison was kicked out of an elite British private school for stealing and reselling porn magazines on campus. <laughs> <laughs> I get you kicked out, eh? Yeah. Now, I have said this, Tom, that Tom Cruise is some kind of crazy, and this proves that Christian Bale studied Tom Cruise in order to play Patrick Bateman in American Psycho. <laughs> Paris Hilton's sex tape started with a dedication to those lost in 9-11. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? <laughs> this one's for you. <laughs> That's great. Whose idea would that have been? Oh. <sighs> and Nicolas Cage, this isn't shocking, Nicolas Cage was convinced he was an alien as a child. He also believes he has memories of being in the womb. Right. Mm-hmm. He's always been a bit out there. Yes. Demi Moore, this is interesting. Demi Moore still has the little clay pots she made with Patrick Swayze 34 years ago in Ghost. She says they're the saddest looking things and pitiful. <laughs> it's good, though. Yeah. I mean, you often wonder sometimes what 
actors take from sets, mm-hmm. uh, the keepsakes that they get. Uh, there's a, a little documentary on uh, YouTube of when the Seinfeld cast reunited with Larry David to show up on an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm two or three seasons ago. And they rebuilt the entire Seinfeld set, the restaurant, his apartment, and just the effort it took to get all of that stuff out of storage. Oh. And then Larry David went to the set, and he goes, well, this is now, you know, 20 years or whatever later. I don't think Jerry would have that same fridge and countertop. (laughs) So they gave him, like, a stainless steel fridge and a granite countertop. Updated a little bit. The one thing they couldn't find was the door to his apartment. They dug through storage everywhere. When, uh, when, um, when, uh, oh my God, when Jerry showed up on the set, they said, sorry, Jerry, we can't find the door. He said it's because I have it. Oh. He, t- when talking about taking stuff from a set, the only thing he wanted was the front door. And, really? it's, and it's in his home. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Actually, he said he took that whole wall. Yeah. So. It was the only thing that didn't make sense about that set was his fridge was in so deep. Like it was, it was, it didn't stick out. Like it was buried kind of underneath the cabinet there. But that outside wall to the hallway would have been right there. I don't so know if the, I've ever given that that much thought. So the fridge would have been sticking out into the hallway. Right. Like if it was a real apartment, which of yes. course it isn't. Anyhow. Yeah. And then you're right. Cause when they show the hall, it's a straight room yeah. or a straight walkway. Yeah. But there would have been where the kitchen was. His door would actually be deep set, right? That's right. It would have been a bit of a curve there. Yeah. That show was phony. Uh, Demi goes on to say uh, that after meeting Patrick for the first time, he took his uh, shirt off and she was like, okay, I get it. Get behind me. (laughs) Giddy up, cowboy. You know, if you've been in a a long-standing relationship, you know that there's... uh, Hills and valleys, ups and downs. <laughs> well, there are hills. <laughs> <laughs> On a hills to climb. Yes, it feels like you're <laughs> continually climbing. <laughs> Never getting to the top. It's the Everest is what we're involved in here. Um, and yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta push through and there's lots of times that you look at your significant other and you think, boy, I really don't like you right now. <laughs> I mean, you don't say it. Right. You think it. Um, but there's a, there's a pair of psychologists who have been married for 35 years and they came up with a list of phrases people in good relationships tend to use a lot. Boy, that's gotta be a crazy relationship. When you're both psychologists. Both psychologists? Yeah. I know what you're thinking. No, you don't. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. Something in your childhood. They group these uh, different phrases into uh, different, uh, six different categories. So I feel statements is the first category. You don't have to start with the exact words, I feel, but it's just about expressing emotions. Things like, I'm getting scared, that hurt my feelings, or I feel like you don't understand me right now. I have to let the other person know what you feel. Mm. I need to calm down. It's about taking a breath. Other examples include, this is important to me, please listen. And can I have a hug? In the middle of a fight, if I ask for a hug... (laughs) I'd get a frying pan in the head. <laughs> yeah, hug this, she'd say. <laughs> Stop actions. It's similar to the last one. Phrases like, let's start again. Can we take a break and talk about something else? And a phrase I've never heard from my wife, 
I might be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> now, I will reverse that because even when I know, and I'm sure we've all been there, or maybe it's just me, but we've been in the middle of a heated debate, and in my head I'll realize, oh, damn, I am wrong on this. <laughs> Uh-oh. Can you let her go? I, do, I don't back off. Oh, wow. I, I dig myself Double deep. down. I dig myself deeper. <laughs> and then I pull this stunt. Oh, you'll never get it. And I storm away. <laughs> what a treat. Yeah. You? Um. Well, I'm never wrong. Right. Oh, I couldn't. Listen, I know full on there's not a chance <laughs> you would ever admit to being wrong. No, I, I think what happens sometimes and it, in, in all, in, in many arguments, is that you get to a point where you realize you're both arguing the same point. Mm. <laughs> you might have started out completely opposite, mm. but then you kind of bring the argument into each other and, and it doesn't end opposite. You tend up agreeing, you end up agreeing on something you didn't think you were agreeing on before. I don't think I've ever been there. Oh, really? I, I think a lot of times it just ends in frustration and nobody really kind of wins because nobody will back down and you, whatever the issue is, it's going to crop up again later. Well, <laughs> because neither of you are willing to fold on something. I, I think what's funny is as the voices raise, the ears shut off. Mm. Like you, you stop listening yeah. to what the other's saying. You're just ready to pounce with your part of the argument. Yeah. And then when you hear what they say, if you really stop to listen to it, you're like, yeah, no, no, I agree with that. Hang on a second. <laughs> I'm always, that wasn't what I was arguing. I'm always shocked when something flares up like out of nowhere. Mm. Like you're pleasantly going along on a Sunday morning, cooking breakfast or doing whatever, and then all of a sudden it's World War Three. Right. And like, where the hell did that come from? Well, everyone's got their moods. Yeah. Right. And you can catch people at the wrong time. It, it, we say it with people in public. You, like, you never know what someone's going through. Mm -hmm. And and you know, as much as you might know what your partner is like, sometimes you just don't know if they're in that mood until you say the wrong thing. Yeah, and you can also sense, and it just, just takes time with somebody, I have noticed that if uh, the lovely Maria is in a mood, she'll want to take it out on somebody. Mm. So she'll kind of start picking a fight. Right. And so I've, and she used to get me every time. <laughs> and all of a sudden, again, we'd be in World War Three, And then now, and it's only taken me like 30 years. I'm a slow study. Um, I'll just turn to her and I'll go, Go pick a fight with somebody else. <laughs> I'm not interested. Call your kids. Yell at them. Get in a fight with your mother. I'm leaving the room. Right. Yeah. Walk away. Uh, getting to yes. Phrases that validate the other person and help you meet halfway. These are successful relationship phrases. Things like, I agree with part of what you're saying. Okay. I see where you're coming from. Right. And I think your point of view makes sense. Okay. When you know it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> these, these are the please let's end this. Yes. Right. Expressing your, uh, expressing your appreciation. Lines like, I understand. Thank you for saying that. And I love you. And I'm sorry. It's a tough one. <laughs> Even just admitting you're not perfect. Phrases like, I was being extreme. I can see my part in all of this. And sorry, let me try again. Okay. I find you're a moron. 
<laughs> you have no clue. You're delusional. <laughs> you don't pull out the, do you know who keeps the lights on around here? I have. <laughs> you know, forever and ever and ever, you take a shower, you get out of the shower, you'd start applying your perhaps gel and other body lotions and deodorant. But it is interesting that we really only apply deodorant to our pits when there is a lot of other stinky bits. Right. Well, now there's a new product out called Whole Body Deodorants. And uh, apparently they're catching on. Searching for body deodorant has increased since last year. One expert says we're finding that people are struggling with body odor in general. Men, they're focused around their chest and private areas. For women, it's under their bras. Some people take extra showers if they feel like they need it. Others use fragrances or even layering their clothes to mask the odors. Hmm. Or they apply their personal deodorant to other areas, even if they weren't designed for that. And then we were talking a little while back about not sharing bathroom product. <laughs> There's a great reason why. So if somebody in your house is taking their deodorant to their crack, and then you're using their deodorant because you ran out of yours, your pits are going to smell like bum. Yay. Yeah. And it's funny because I came in this morning and I accused you of dousing yourself in cologne. Right. In this corner over here, it smells like a cologne factory. Right. And I normally can't smell anything. Uh, interesting, though, because, I mean, isn't that or wasn't that the purpose a couple of years back of the Axe body spray? Yes. It was basically to put that everyone everywhere and it was just an obnoxious smell when it came by you. Oh, it's terrible. Now, your boys are of that age because my, my youngest, not my oldest, but my youngest used to just douse in it. And our house smelled like an Axe body spray plant. Right. Are your boys into it or is it kind of a done fad? I think it's, I think the fact Fad is out. Right. I mean, I mean Evan is bored. He'll put on some cologne right. when he's you know, dressing up, but that's that's about it. Um, you know, I think well, they both use deodorant, but I think they, there's a spray involved with one of them. But um, but it's not the axe, like full body kind of deal. Do you notice now uh, when you walk into their bedrooms that their boy hum has arrived? Not uh, not so much. Right. Christian every now and then will walk into a room with, and his socks right. will be one who's just like, <laughs> who the hell opened a bag of Doritos? <laughs> like what? What happened? Yeah, I used to laugh because Maria would always say, "Oh, the boy stink has arrived in our right. sons." The uh, the the hockey equipment yeah. is where you really get it because a lot of sweating obviously goes on there. Uh, you know, we wash ours or spray it down regu- rather regularly, but the hockey dressing room when you walk into that, right. and, and, and kids, especially boys around this age. It is it is gross and because of many of them never even open their bags to air it out between practices. Yeah, I remember when uh, David was uh, uh, still at the age where I had to go into the dressing room to tie his skates and we'd have some practice on a Saturday or Sunday morning and Daddy would be a little hungover. And bending over, tying up those skates in that stink, I just wanted to throw up all over. Oh them. yeah, so gross. Well, you get the, we get the new Law and Order Toronto coming up. You should have one of the episodes happen in a hockey rink, just so CSI <laughs> can go in there and show all of the bacteria around there. Well, you know what, hockey fans wouldn't want that because I think if we truly knew what was going on, those arenas would be shut down. <laughs> They're contaminated. <laughs> Nobody should be in them. 
so the other thing people are talking about, if you don't want to spread this full body deodorant on yourself, is you can use natural solutions. Now, I know people who have gone the natural solutions route. Right, yeah. It doesn't work. <laughs> Wishing you didn't stink doesn't take away the stink. Super Bowl weekend, and a lot of people outside of uh, loving to eat and get together and watch the game love to do some gambling. And according to a gambling survey, a record number of people will be betting on the Super Bowl. Over 70 million people throughout North America. Overall, people plan to wager a total of over $23.1 billion. Holy cow. That's up from $16 billion last year. Most gamblers make wages online. That's why we see all those ads yep. for online gambling. Yep. You might not like them, but the, those apps are bringing it in. They certainly are. Some just put money up with casual friends. Others will participate in office pools like the uh, squares competition. Okay, yeah. Now, for the record, if you're just picking a winner and a loser, it's a split this year, like 47% think the Chiefs will win, and 44% believe the 49ers. So. Oh, the line is really tight. Like yeah. this, this should be a good game. Yeah, I've invented a uh, Taylor Swift drinking game. <laughs> and this is, I just dreamed this up this morning. Shocking That's, turn of events. I was thinking about Taylor while I was in the shower. And uh, so either you take a shot every time the camera goes to her, or you take a shot every time one of the commentators mentions her, and this is my guarantee to you. You won't make it to halftime. No, you'll be drunk. You'll be hammered and out cold. You've got to think almost every offensive series <laughs> will include a shot of Taylor Swift yeah. or at least of of that you know suite up there. And I, I, I normally, you know, when we're covering a hockey game, there's all, you know, isolation cameras or ISO cameras that basically cover one player or one person. And there will be, I'm wondering how many cameras are dedicated just to her. Like some guy's job will be just film Taylor Swift for this. I think I just dreamed up the name, too. Okay. Swift shot for shot. <laughs> That's what we're going to call it. Um, other Super Bowl stuff. Each team gets 108 Super Bowl footballs, each handcrafted at the Wilson Football Factory in Ohio. Okay. The average price for the first Super Bowl ticket was 6 bucks, wow. And the game was not a sellout. The average price for this year? Ninety-eight hundred bucks. Unreal, yeah, it's ten grand. Yeah, <laughs> that's insane. Six bucks to get in. And you got a factor in your trip to Vegas. That's right. And, you and spend some money spend there. Spend some time there. And I'm sure hotel rooms won't be uh, surge. Pricing. Oh, not a lot of comps. No, the first two Super Bowls were actually titled AFL NFL World Championship Game. The Lombardi Trophy given to each Super Bowl winning franchise is named after the NFL's icon, Vince Lombardi. It uh -huh. stands 22 inches tall, weighs 7 pounds, crafted by Sterling Silver, crafted of Sterling Silver by Tiffany and Company, and takes approximately four months to make at a cost of $50,000. Hmm. So it's not like the Stanley Cup where you got to give it back. Each t They get that trophy and it's no, theirs. To no, keep. They, they, they keep it. It's one of those trophies, though. I mean, nice trophy and all. But the one knock is it's always handed to the owner. Right, right. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, the, the players, you know, obviously with football teams, the stage, they can't even fit all the players up on a stage to receive it kind of thing. But 
when they hand trophies to the owner, it's just such a crappy feel to it. Yeah, it's an odd, but I guess it's the tradition. Right. But it really should probably go to the quarterback and then down the line from mm-hmm. there. In Super Bowl three, a 30-second TV spot for a commercial costs uh, $30,000. Wow. The cost of the same commercial for this year's Super Bowl, $7 million, which works out to about $233,000 a second. Yeah. To be honest, because it was around the same price last year, yes. I'm surprised it hasn't gone up, and a lot of it with the Taylor Swift factor. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's a company that kind of estimated all of the, uh, the the talk she's generated, whether it be, um, you know, just Facebook, social media posts, just the just the buzz mm-hmm. around her attending games. And she started in like what late September attending games that she's generated somewhere in the rounds of like $300 million for the NFL, just the buzz around her being there. Now, speaking of football money, uh, 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy is easily the best value in the NFL. Mr. Irrelevant. He was the 262nd pick yep. and the final pick of the 2022 NFL draft, and now he's... Of course, starting in the Super Bowl. That's what they call that guy. The, the, the guy who's the final pick in the NFL draft is known as Mr. Irrelevant. All right. And that was Brock Purdy. Just here, all right, we got to pick somebody, and they pick him. And there he is. Through a couple of injuries and situations, he ends up starting quarterback. It's kind of in the Super Bowl. His uh, 2023 salary is $850,000. To put that in perspective, there are 20 starting QBs who make – his salary before the first game of the season is even over. Holy cow. 19 of them are not in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Lamar Jackson of the Ravens made Brock's entire salary just 11 minutes into game one thanks to his $80 million salary. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes in 16 minutes, he made $59.4 million. Now, you would figure uh, Patrick Mahomes is due for a massive raise next time around, right? Is he, is he only at $59 million compared to Lamar at $80 million? Um, Yeah, well, yeah, but it was, it's when they sign their contract. That's what right? I'm saying. So he's going to be due probably a lot more dough next time I would around. think there's – hopefully there's some bonuses coming Brock Purdy's way. Mm-hmm. No, but I, I, I'm I'm even saying it's odd that Mahomes only makes 59.4. Right. And he's won, like, what, three Super Bowls yeah. now? Lamar Jackson, when was the last Super Bowl he won? Uh, hasn't, but they're, yeah. but and he's a dynamic player. But, yeah, right. you're right. Holmes, when he renegotiates, Mahomes will be right up there. Yeah, and uh, Daniel Jones of the Giants had a pretty bad season, got cut short by injury, did it. Uh, he, he made eight hundred grand uh, Brock salary in 19 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the worst spend of that money yeah. in terms of quarterback value. And uh, we wrap it up, of course, talking Super Bowl. Taylor Swift, uh, outside of the Super Bowl and all of this craziness, uh, she is now threatening to sue a college student who has been tracking her private jet. Now, she's not only been trying to sue this guy, she's also been trying to sue the person who put up the uh, the cut-and-paste photos of her having sex with, uh, right. with uh, Kansas City fans. Anyhow... The student has been running a social media account that tracks the activity of private jets and helicopters owned by celebrities and other rich people. A 2022 report even showed that Taylor is the biggest celebrity carbon dioxide polluter. Okay. Taylor's team considers the tracking to be stalking and harassing behavior, going as far as to call it a life or death matter for Taylor. Okay. 
Settle down, Taylor. The students. Well, she does have stalkers, though. Yes, but the student's not wrong here because he says he's not doing anything wrong because the information he gathers is public, including her tour schedule. The information's already out there. Mm -hmm. Her team thinks they can control the entire world, he goes on to say. For what it's worth, Taylor recently downsized to just one private chat. <laughs> now, look, I would I would say in her defense, she is one jet up in the air. Right. You ever see air traffic control and all the planes in the air? Yeah, like at Flight Tracker, yeah. Sky Tracker, whatever it is. There's a lot of polluters up there. Put it this way, they uh, have an issue this weekend in Las Vegas for parking spaces for private jets. <laughs> At McCarran Airport. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, they're running out of parking spaces. Oh, my God. <laughs> the world others live in. I was thinking this morning, and this is just in the early stages. I'm just kind of working this game out. But we should uh, come up with some sort of Taylor Swift drinking game for Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, my goodness. So every time either the camera goes on her, you have to take a shot. Or if the commentators mention her, you have to take a shot. Or maybe you have to do something else. Like when the if the if the commentators mention her, maybe there's something else you have to do. But every time the camera goes on her, you got to take a shot. And what we could do a little gambling. What's the over under on the camera going on her? So I'm like I would just pull a number of like say a dozen times maybe oh, yeah. during the game. All right. Yeah, I think I think to be honest, I'd take the over. Okay. I'd hammer the over on that. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and get hammered with my drinking game. And if you're playing that game, you are going to get hammered. Yeah. There's just no doubt. Every, basically, every offensive series, you're going to see Taylor Swift. Right, right. And, and that, I know, is driving the pure football fans mm. nuts in all of this. But what it's drumming up in terms of audience and uh, and numbers and controversy or or, or just the talk of it whatsoever mm. is gold oh, yeah. to the NFL. It's it, for for those who are upset with either us talking about Taylor Swift or the NFL fans fed up with it. It's all entertainment. Yeah, that's what football is. That's why they have the thing called the halftime show. It's all entertainment. Yeah. I, I know so many take it very seriously. But this is all just part of the fun. It's a fun day. Just yeah. let it be fun. It's funny. The same thing happened at the NHL All-Star Game. And hockey fans, you know, some purists and, and basically older ones, losing their mind about Tate McRae. Who's right? Tate McRae? Tate McRae is a, is a young female artist, who, uh, who a singer, uh, who kind of got her start in this whole Instagram, TikTok kind of legend of it she's a very pretty girl and she's uh and she's started out with basically online videos to start her singing career right and uh and was a performer and a uh, one of the honorary captains along with buble and bieber or whatever at the nhl all-star oh, okay game. um but she performed and it was i don't know is a fine performance it's not i'm not her target audience as are not most Adult male, mm-hmm. you know, over their forties hockey fans. Yep. But to young kids, it meant something. I think she was dating an NHL player at one point in time. She's been seen at a lot of uh, Flames games because she's from Calgary. Okay. And uh, and gets and it drums up 
just news, talk about the All-Star game, which is exactly what the NHL needs. So what were people upset about? Uh, well, older dudes are just upset that it, that she's even there because they don't know who she is. Oh, okay. Right? I see. I see what you're saying. And, okay. and, and kind of the, along the lines of the Taylor Swift, who cares? This has nothing to do with the game. Right. They'd rather watch Connor McDavid mumble and frown through accepting a million dollar check again mm. uh, than, and which was, Absolutely pathetic. I I know your disdain for Connor McDavid, mm-hmm. and at the end of the All Star Skills Competition, which I thought they did a much better job of, the winner of the overall thing got a million dollars, which went to Connor McDavid, and he put in a great display of talent to get that check and win the competition. But when the check gets rolled out and he can't even crack a smile, mm. he just won a million dollars. All of the fans who are, you know, paying four, five hundred dollars a seat to see that all-star game and, uh, and most of them will never have a million dollar check handed to them in their life. Yeah. You know, or would be thrilled had they got it. It's have in- to watch that. It's interesting when you're watching any big sporting event and you'll see uh, celebrity faces. They'll put the camera on a Vince Vaughn at a Blackhawks game or you'll see uh, Justin Bateman at a Mets game or you'll see yeah, – and people go, oh, look, there's – you know when um, when Matthew Perry was following the Kings back right. and forth, everybody was oh look there's Matthew Perry. So it's I I think there's just the Taylor Swift uh, overkill. There's just too much of it and too much talk of her and she's everywhere all the time. And so people are tiring of it. Mm. Uh, listen, people used to get upset. I remember when Carrie Fisher, uh, no Car- Carrie Fisher, no she's married to uh, the Just singer. Leia. Huh? No, 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 hold on. I'm just getting it wrong. Carrie, the country singer, Mary to Mike Fisher. Yes, thank you. I guess she is Carrie Fisher. Right, gotcha. Mike. <laughs> I was just getting his last name and her last name confused. I remember how upset people were saying uh, they were with her, that every time she was in a Senators game when he was playing in Ottawa, and she'd be in a private booth, and the camera would go on her, she'd duck down. She yeah. didn't want to be seen. Yeah. For whatever reason, who knows why. You want to take the spotlight away from him or whatever. And people are like, oh, who are you? Like, you can't even let us see you. Well, <laughs> nobody can win. Yeah. You know, Taylor Swift's applauding and enjoying her boyfriend's success. Uh, and people are fed up. People were fed up with Carrie Underwood when she wouldn't let anybody see her. We just, we just can't let anybody have her moment and their moment. And let's remember, too. Taylor Swift is at the pinnacle of her career. It probably will never get any better than this. It'll carry on Mm -hmm. and on and on and on. But inevitably, she will fade into the the background, and she'll be like so many others. She'll go on tour. She'll do her thing. She'll make a lot of money. She'll go home, and it really won't be that big of a deal. Right now, everything about her, I mean, she's in the middle of a lawsuit with some college kid who's been tracking her plane. It is, I mean, it just never ends with her right now. So it is what it is. And if she drives you crazy, here's an idea. Don't watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> just sit in your own Taylor Swift anger. And again, I will say this. Not a fan. Find her boring as the day is long. That stupid dance she does. She's got the rhythm of nobody. She. It, it looks so awkward when she's dancing. She's just white toast. I find her music bland. I find her bland. But she's an exceptional talent. Mm. Not in my eyes. Right. But I'm not the, you know, pinpoint of everything that's right. Right. So just enjoy. Have your chicken wings. Drink your beer. And shut the hell up. Rock Mornings with With Craig Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.